No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see that whenever Moses met with the Lord, his face shone brightly, but this glory soon faded. However, in Christ we have an unfading glory. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 34 on Simply the Bible. After the golden calf incident, Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai and asked the Lord to continue to go with them to pardon their sin and to receive them as his inheritance, even though they were stiff-necked. The Lord agreed and renewed his covenant with Israel. Moses remained in the Lord's presence for 40 days and 40 nights. We pick it up in Exodus 34, verse 29. Now it was so, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And so, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. Being in the presence of the Lord forty days and forty nights had a supernatural effect on Moses, of which he was unaware. The skin of his face shone brightly. He was glowing. The glory of the Lord had rubbed off on Moses, so much so that when Aaron and the people saw him, they were afraid to come near him. So Moses had to call them closer. And after he came, then he talked with them and shared the words of the Lord with them. No doubt, Moses' words carried a lot more weight because his face was shining when he spoke. Verse 33, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Now, as we read this, it would be easy to interpret that Moses veiled his face so that the people wouldn't have to gaze upon it. After all, it made them afraid. But the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that the reason Moses veiled his face was so that they would not see the glory fading away. That is why Moses waited to put the veil on his face until after he had finished speaking with them. Then he would leave the veil on his face until he went to speak with the Lord again. As the Apostle Paul wrote about this, it was in the context of comparing the glory of the Old Covenant with the glory of the New Covenant. The glory of the New surpasses the glory of the Old. In Christ, we have received the glorious ministry of the Spirit, bringing us righteousness. 
Now, in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Paul wrote, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains, unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Paul's point is that Moses put the veil on his face so that the children of Israel couldn't watch the glory fading away. We often do the same thing when we pretend to be more righteous than we really are. We don't want people to think that we're not shining as much as we used to, so we veil ourselves by speaking the right jargon or telling others the righteous things we have done. But if we're honest with ourselves, and we know it's a facade, it's a veil or a mask covering up our real selves. We are giving people the false impression that we're holier than we really are. Now, in Moses' case, Paul says the problem was that the minds of the Israelites were blinded, as they are still blinded today. The Old Testament speaks of Jesus Christ. He is in the Old Testament concealed and in the New Testament revealed. But they don't see that. They don't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, and they are not the only ones. In the next chapter, Paul wrote about others who have a veil and whose minds are blinded. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. You know, you can argue with people until they're blue in the face. Now, I don't recommend this for your sake and for theirs, but it will make no difference if the God of this age has blinded them so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Therefore, our most effective action for people who don't get it they don't understand the gospel, is to pray that Jesus would bind Satan and open their eyes to the truth. For Paul tells us that when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Likewise, if we have been a spiritual phony, if we've played the hypocrite, then we only need to turn to Christ and confess our hypocrisy and the veil will be taken away. What a joy it is to be real people. It takes a lot of energy to hold up the force field of phoniness. Fortunately, under grace, we don't have to be spiritual giants. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to pretend to be prayer warriors or heroes of the faith or more spiritual than we really are. We can be the imperfect humans that we are and know that God still loves us and his grace is sufficient for our weaknesses. 
Thank you, Jesus. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's the whole point. Not walking in darkness, not walking with a facade, but walking in the light. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, Paul writes, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I love this verse because it tells us that the Spirit we have received is in fact the Spirit of Christ, and He is the Spirit of liberty. We're not under the bondage of legalism. We don't have to live our lives conforming to the standards of others. We are free to serve God in the new and living way of the Spirit and the Word. Now, the climax of all this is verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, keep in mind, Paul is contrasting the glory that Moses received under the Old Covenant when he went up on Mount Sinai with the glory that we receive under the New Covenant. The glory that Moses received was only skin deep, and therefore it quickly faded away. But the glory that we have received in Christ is of the indwelling Spirit of the Lord, and this never fades away. Moses thought it necessary to veil his face so that people couldn't look steadily at what was passing away. But we have no such veil. In Christ, the veil has been removed. We can be unveiled and transparent before the Lord and before others. When God placed Moses in the cleft of the rock and allowed his goodness to pass before him, then Moses beheld the glory of the Lord. We too behold the glory of the Lord by meditating in his word and spending time with him in prayer. God reveals to us his goodness. But I believe a better translation of verse 18 is, but we all with unveiled face reflecting as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You see, we behold his glory so that we may then reflect it to others. When the people saw Moses' face shining, then they paid more attention to what he said. Likewise, if we are reflecting the glory of the Lord by our face shining with his grace, love, and truth, then people will be far more attentive to what we say. They can see that it is real because we have the face of grace. Paul concludes the thought by saying that we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, as we with unveiled face behold and reflect the glory of the Lord, then we are being transformed into the same glory as Christ, from glory to glory. This is the work of the Holy Spirit as he conforms us into the image of Christ. Rather than it being a fading glory as it was for Moses under the old covenant, it is an ever-increasing glory for us as we shine brighter and brighter until the Lord takes us home. This is the secret power of our witness to others. British pastor and writer F.B. Meyer writes, 
The apostle urges that Christian people are to make a point of reflecting Jesus. They are to be the mirrors for the purpose of shedding amongst men his glory. And in the effort to do this, they become transfigured into his own glorious beauty from glory to glory. If we are to reflect, we must first behold. Only we do not behold as in a mirror, we behold by direct vision. There must be a vision in our case, as in the case of Moses. If, like him, we are to reflect, we must gaze directly upon the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, without a veil between. If we are to pass on to others that glory which we behold, and as we do so, become transfigured into his likeness. Great words. Now, if you would like to be more effective in your witness for Christ, then begin here. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't feel that you must Bible others or lay some religious trip on them. First, confess that you're not all that and ask the Lord to cleanse you. Second, behold the glory of the Lord through his word and prayer. Third, reflect the glory of the Lord as the Spirit transforms you from glory to glory. Fourth, speak the words of the Lord as God gives opportunity ever mindful of the face of grace. I'll close with the words of Pastor John Corson. He writes, It's not about us and who we pretend to be, but about Jesus and his reality. Look at him, point others to him, and you'll do well. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll see that when it comes to receiving a collection, the Lord only asks for those with a willing heart to give. It's a beautiful example of the right way to fund God's work. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Exodus on Simply the Bible.